from the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey and somewhere on the highways of South Carolina. This is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint. Luke Morrow is with us. Good morning, Luke. Good morning. Um, it's seventeen thirteen Jaguars, just in case you want to know as we sit down to record this uh, early in the third quarter. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've been uh, all over the Jaguars. You're going back to the offseason. But picking them each week is one of my picks for the show. And this week I said, nope, that's it. I'm, I'm done with them. I can't trust them anymore. And then, of course, this will probably be the week that they at least cover the spread, if not win outright in another uh, lousy game in London. Two teams to combine, whatever they are, one and nine. So we continue to send these crappy games over there. But, hey, early morning football. What is that stat? They've never had a, a matchup of two over 500 teams in London? Right, and I think this is the 36th game. In London, so yeah, 0 for 36. Yeesh. Yikes. Um, well, let's talk about better games. How about that? Sure. Um, we're going to start with the four teams on a bye. Um, and I'm doing this on purpose. We have Falcons, Saints, Jets, 49ers. Who is winning the bye week so far? Well, I guess you are because you don't have to worry about watching your team lose. Exactly. Can we just talk about last week for a second? Yeah. How, and, and you talk to more football players than I do. How does a quarterback like Zach Wilson not know how to do the boring plays? Is like their training regimen off? Is there something wrong with what they're doing in the offseason? Why are they having trouble with simple screen passes and dump offs and simple slants, and yet they can throw the 45-yard on the run off the back foot throw? a good question. I don't have a good answer for you. I don't know. I mean, you know, Zach Wilson, we saw him at BYU make all sorts of plays, and he has that that great arm. Maybe sometimes it's like, uh, I don't know, when you can throw 100 miles per hour, you just want to throw the fastball and not worry about working on your changeup or your secondary pitches. I don't know. It also doesn't help that he has a first-time head coach and a first-time offensive coordinator. They're all learning together. I don't think that helps a young quarterback either. But a disappointing performance for the Jets last week. I was expecting more. All right, we're going to uh, skip the Vikings and come back to them because we need to talk about two shitty situations first. Uh, we first start with Raiders-Broncos. And after the deplorable, abhorrent, um, and just horrendous uh, emails sent by John Gruden that came to light as part of the Washington football team um, investigation, they now, without John Gruden, need to go to Denver and need to win a football game. They are a 3-2 and two football game in a division that's being led by the Chargers, but they are very much in it still. Um, where is your head at if you're Derek Carr or any Raider player? Yeah, I don't think this is good uh, because of, obviously you lose your head coach, but the reason why you did, and Derek Carr you know, kind of supported John Gruden. I think that locker room... Most of them were supportive of Gruden. Uh, Josh Jacobs said, you know, he never, those weren't our experiences with him, what you saw in those emails. So I think they, and then of course, from a, a competitive standpoint, they probably feel, you know, like uh, somebody threw him under the bus here by taking away their head coach, who they may not have had an issue with. Not only that, but he's the offensive coordinator. It's one thing if you lose your head coach, but he's not running one side of the football. You can try to replace that a little bit easier. But now, you know, now it's up to Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator, to try to either duplicate 
what Gruden has done or on the fly come up with his own thing with Derek Carr, who, you know, is playing pretty well to start this season. So, and, and now you have to go on the road without your coach against Denver in a tough defense. So I think this is a bad spot for the Raiders. I think the wheels kind of start to come off here as the season moves forward. I think overall this is just a bad situation for that team now for a football perspective, trying to regroup here this season. And this, as you mentioned, is a huge game because these are two teams that have been struggling the last couple of weeks, but they have the same record. Uh, the winner of this game could potentially be one game out of first place, depending on what happens with the Chargers. So this is a huge game for both these teams. And for the Raiders, it's more difficult for them because they're on the road without their head coach. Um, and the way that I look at the Chiefs and the Washington football team is this. Obviously, the emails that came to light from Jeff Pash and Bruce Allen are also horrible, abhorrent, and completely unacceptable. But if I'm a member of the Washington football team, I'm thinking for most of these guys, because of just what the shelf life of the NFL is, this was a prior regime. I wasn't on this team. I had nothing to do with this. I would feel freer if I was a member of the Washington football team versus the Raiders. If you were a member of the Washington football team, where is your head at today? Yeah, that's a good question as well. Uh, you know, this just was all kind of part and parcel of the perception of that organization over the years. Now, I've talked to former Washington football team players who love Dan Snyder, so I don't know if the players feel the same way about the organization as a whole as maybe outsiders do or media members or maybe even the league, for all we know. Uh, so I agree with you that from a player perspective, like if you didn't have an issue with the organization already, I don't think this changes anything for you. Their bigger concern now is trying to improve that defense that was top five last year. I think the focus is more on the field and the struggles of late and trying to bounce back with a, a top opponent at home today. Uh, if you didn't already feel a certain way about the front office or organization, I don't think this news the last 10 days really changes much if you're a Washington football team player because, like you said, you, they weren't there. They probably won't be there much longer. Guys move around so much. You know, you're more focused about going out there and playing well, uh, in this case, today. Some, somebody who will be there more are Kansas City, uh, longer are Kansas City Chiefs players, who, who is their opponent. They're 2-3. and three. They're under 500, which is just staggering to even conceptualize. And it's the defense that has put way too much pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Now, I've had some people tell me, that defenses are catching up to Patrick Mahomes. In my opinion, he's been forced to press for the first time in his career. And he's had to force the issue and throw some balls into some short windows that he would prefer not to throw it into. Where's your head at on the Chiefs, especially since they're now looking up at the Chargers going, uh-oh, we're going the wrong direction? Yeah, I mean, right now, they're just a bad football team. Now, as long as you have Patrick Mahomes, it's hard to count them out for the entirety of the season, but there's a few things, and I think it's both of what you Statistically, it's the worst defense we've actually ever seen, and they've only forced 11 punts in five games, but have allowed 20 touchdowns. It's a bad defense. So on the flip side, I do think that forces Mahomes to try to uh, press the issue a little bit because he had to do so much more and he's not getting any help. But I also think not that defenses have solved Patrick Mahomes, but they have found a good recipe for this Chiefs team where they play the two high safeties, they're not giving you anything down the field, and they want you to try to go 15 plays with some short stuff down the field. And I think the Chiefs, Mahomes, Andy Reid, the team, they need a little more discipline because between the combination of knowing your defense isn't very good and you have to make some plays, as well as the fact that the other team is making you be patient by taking away the home run ball, 
I think that's where they get either a little greedy, a little impatient, try to take some, some shots, and that's what has led to the turnovers. But it's a bad team right now based off their performance. Uh, they're top five in turnovers, in penalties, in points allowed. So they're doing a lot of things wrong right now. I trust with Patrick Mahomes, they'll right this ship by the end of the season. But from what we've seen so far, they're just not a good football team five weeks in. Your Vikings are 2-3. and three. They face the Panthers today, who will be once again without Christian McCaffrey, who's on injured reserve uh, out until week 10, I believe, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken on that. Uh, they're 3-2. and two. They've cooled off since their hot start. Why should I watch this game, Luke? Well, you know, I think it is an intriguing game for the Vikings. Uh, if they win, they get to 500 heading into the bye week, and there's a huge difference mentally and just physically in the standings between being 2-4 and four and 3-3. Three and three. And on the Panthers' side, you know, they've dropped a couple, as you mentioned, after their 3-0 and start. And Sam Darnold, as you know, watching him, he's not the same quarterback without Christian McCaffrey. He needs that help yeah. in the backfield. And uh, as you said, no McCaffrey for at least the next three weeks. So if you're a Panthers fan, maybe you start to worry about Sam Darnold uh, and, and the way he performs. We'll see today. He's at home. They had that brutal loss last week. And, uh, you know, the Vikings are going to bring some pressure and try to force him into a couple of turnovers. He's had five interceptions the last two weeks. So let's see how Darnold does, if he can try to improve before Christian McCaffrey returns, because otherwise, I mean, that's not what you want from a franchise quarterback, the fact that they need somebody. They're so dependable on somebody like that, as good as McCaffrey is. So I think it's a big game because these are two teams right around 500 that are just trying to keep up in the NFC. It's a small point spread. It should be a competitive game, and we'll see which one comes out on top, and they both get a win. We're going to skip Chargers-Ravens. Is there any other game today that piques your interest? Uh, Browns-Cardinals, I think, is a big one. Okay, let's go to Browns-Cardinals. No Cliff Kingsbury, along with a couple other coaches. Where is your head at if you're Kyler Murray? Now, he's a vet in, in NFL terms, but what? This is year three, I believe, of Kyler Murray? Yeah. So, year three... You've been used to a certain voice in your helmet. Now it's not going to be. Same question, you know, kind of going back to the Derek Carr situation because that offense flows off of Kyler Murray. He's the playmaker. We, we keep looking for a signature Browns win. Is this a signature Browns win? And, and, and where's your head at it for Kyler Murray? I think it would be a signature win. I do think the Browns... I like the Browns today at home. I do think they win. Uh, more on that in, in just a sec. But for Kyler Murray, yeah, like you said, I mean, this is a tough spot. Not only that, this quarterback coach is out, too. And, uh, by the way, the quarterback coach used to play and coach at the Citadel, uh, now coaching Kyler Murray. He's unavailable. So you lose your, your head coach slash offensive coordinator and your quarterback coach. That's a tough spot for Kyler. Now, in the game itself, you go on the road to Cleveland. The Browns are, I think, better than the record indicates. And it's a tough matchup for Arizona with or without their head coach because it's outdoors. Now, I don't think it'll be that cold just yet in Cleveland, but it's not the, the inside uh, in Arizona uh, turf. You're outdoors going up against a physical team, and the Cardinals are down a couple of linemen. They, they've got some injuries having to go up against a physical rushing attack in Cleveland here on the road. So, you know, for the Cardinals, my one knock on them has been they're kind of like a basketball team that just shoots threes. They only have one way to win. Last week was a good sign that they won with defense, but they did it against Trey Lance in his first ever start. Now today, you're probably going to have to find another way to win. I don't think Kyler Murray's going to go out there and throw it 40 times 
you know, they're just going to move up and down the field. I think you have to win by playing some physical football today, by playing some good defense. And I don't know if the Cardinals have that in them. So this is a huge test for Arizona. It's why I like Cleveland. And I think it would be a pretty, uh, obviously a big win for the Browns if they beat that undefeated Cardinals team today. Uh, we're looking at week six here on the Sunday Sprint with Luke Morrow. Um, he's the host of the Morrow Midday Show, ESPN Radio 98.9 FM, Charleston, uh, charlestonsportsradio.com, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. I'm there every Wednesday at 1 p.m. to talk golf. Chargers, Ravens. I, I think it's generally accepted that, that Lamar Jackson's one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, period. I think that's a generally acceptable fact, correct? It has to be at this point. And I'll admit, I've been a little bit of a Lamar doubter in the past, but especially Monday night, a couple of games this year, he's made big plays with his arm. He's had some comebacks. So even I have to give him his props now. Uh, he's, he's answered my questions or checked those last boxes. He's playing really well. Okay. With that being said, I believe that Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in the American Football Conference. Wow. Best quarterback in the AFC. You'd put Herbert above Mahomes? Correct. Wow. Now that's a spicy take on a Sunday morning. I think Herbert's up there, but I think I'd still leave him behind Mahomes. Maybe he's number two for me. I'm just saying that this is a battle between two MVP candidates at Landover Field today. I'm sorry, um, um, uh, uh, Memmonty Bank Stadium, excuse me. Landover is what? Uh, Washington, I believe? Yeah, that sounds right. Got my stadiums wrong. Um, in any case, I just really like Justin Herbert. I like the way he throws the ball around. He's a golf fan, Luke. Oh, uh, well, now that explains it. Uh, I just like this. A battle of four and one. Somebody's going to win this game. I think it's going to be high scoring. In all seriousness. Yeah, I agree. I like, I like Herbert a lot. I think he's a better all-around quarterback than Lamar. My concern for this game today, for one, on the road for L.A. going cross-country uh, early window game. That's always tough for West Coast teams. But number two, the Ravens have the, the fourth-best rushing attack, and the Chargers' defense has allowed the most rushing yards. So if it comes down to quarterback, I'll take Herbert over Lamar eight days out of the week, especially in fourth quarters. But I think the Ravens get a big boost because they'll be able to run the football today, and obviously that makes it a lot easier on the quarterback. He'll be able to run it himself. I think that could be the difference as well as the Ravens being at home. Uh, on a neutral field, uh, more often than not, I'm taking Herbert, but today, I don't know, this could be a tough matchup for the Chargers. I don't know if they can slow down the rushing attack of Baltimore. Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. I know, I know. What is your game of the day? Well, it's certainly in between those last two we just mentioned. I'll say Ravens-Chargers because I do think that'll be a more entertaining game. I am with you on that. I believe that uh, we are going to have um, a wonderful game between the Chargers and Ravens. That is a shootout. What was that mon- uh, What was that game last week? I think it was on Monday night that wound up being like 55-48 or something. Last week? Yeah, last week, week before. Uh, I'm having too many college scores and NFL scores morph in my brain. Yeah. In any case, there was a very high-scoring game last week somewhere in football. Obviously, uh, uh, I'm Oklahoma, Texas, but there are a couple others. I think this is a similar game. Uh, by the way, it's Landover, Maryland, for where the Washington football team stadium is located. It's FedEx Field. Oh, it is still FedEx. Okay, I thought they lost that sponsorship. All right. No, they did not. 
Um, so I'm, I'm glad we corrected the record. Uh, sleeper game. Yes. Uh, I'll say Patriots-Cowboys because I think Belichick will have some uh, secrets up the sleeve. Dak Prescott faced Belichick once in his career. It's the lowest quarterback rating he's had in his last 39 games. So look out for the Patriots at home today against Dallas. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm interested in Bengals Lions solely because I think oh. I I think Detroit finally gets a win. I I'm with you. I said the same thing this week. I think they finally do it today. I think they finally do it, and I feel bad for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati folks, but I I it's it's about time that Jared Goff and company get get the W. Your game to watch golf during. Can Ricky Fowler get his first win in two and a half years at the CJ Cup at Summit? Comes into Sunday with a two-shot lead over Rory McIlroy. Oh, I can't wait to find out because I could be checking in on that on uh, the DVR instead of Sunday Night Football tonight. Uh, Geno Smith against Ben Roethlisberger, who's been playing like Geno Smith. Uh, No, thanks. That's a boring game. (laughs) I can see why NBC gave out Michael's bye week for this week. Yeah, he's, no thanks. <laughs> You'll see Mike Tirico with uh, Chris Collinsworth tonight. Um, I am with you there on that one. Um, and finally, the segment Luke never preps for, the player or person to watch today. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I, I, I don't prepare. I Usually, as you're asking the question, just scroll through the games and whoever pops to my mind. Well, I'm driving, so I can't scroll through the games. Correct. Today. Please don't. The Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> I guess just as a team, for the reasons I laid out earlier. Can they win a game like this outdoors, on the road, against a physical team? I'm saying the whole Cardinals team today. Cardinals, Washington football team, Raiders. The three teams that had off-the-field issues pop up this week. Uh, Where are their heads at? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, hey, last week the Raiders and the Jaguars had some off-field issues, and they both played terrible, so we'll see about today. As we close out the pod at 17-13, Jags in London as they continue to get towards the end of the third quarter. Uh, if they win today, Jacksonville, they're just going to move to London permanently. And uh, Trevor Lawrence just fumbled and was recovered uh, by Miami. Oh, boy, there he goes. You know, I'm telling you that they're going to get their first win today. I think we're going to eliminate a whole bunch of the unbeaten, uh, the uh, winless teams. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Jacksonville can hold on. A bonus question for you, Luke. Oh, yeah. Bonus. Uh-huh. Where's your head at with the Red Sox? Oh, man. Well, I've been texting. You know, we have a family group chat during these games. Correct. After the, the win last night was great. As I said, they, they should be up 2-0. I mean, they were leading for most of that game one. Their bullpen blew it. And my father said, don't be greedy. They did what they needed to. They had to go to Houston and just split. That's what they did. So I'm feeling good right now. You're heading home. You did the job in Houston. You outplayed Houston for the majority of those two games. And it's much like last round. They lost game one to Tampa, bounced back in a huge way game two, and headed home with the split and uh, didn't return. So they could try to do the same thing here, uh, heading home with the split. Hey, try to win the next three if you can and put this thing away. But I feel good. I'd be much more comfortable if they closed out game one and led 2-0. But, hey, they did what they were supposed to, just split in Houston. The tight game. What what, what are you expecting? To do? I, my thing, and, and, and I'm going to say this forever, is that when you're in these tie games, when you're in these tight games, back, forth, back, forth, and Carlos Correa showboats, 
What the fuck are you doing, Carlos Correa? And, and, and not that I'm an Astros fan here, but I'm just saying, that's what you do in a game seven. That is not what you do in game one of a series. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, I think I, you I gave a whole lot of bulletin board material to a team that did not need bulletin board material. That's true. The whole, my time, he's pointing to his fake watch and everything, standing there. I, I agree with you. I mean, these Astros obviously have a chip on their shoulder with uh, everything that's happened here in the last 24 months. But, yeah, maybe not the best time to celebration. We'll see. I mean, remember, that's a good point you brought up because, remember, game one, the Tampa Bay Rays were eating popcorn in the dugout. Everyone was saying, you know, get your popcorn ready. And the Rays were up 5 nothing. They started to eat popcorn in the dugout against the Red Sox. And uh, as Michael Jordan said, the Red Sox took that personally. So here we go, similar situation. Game one, the Astros are celebrating. The Red Sox bounce back in a big way game two. Uh, we'll see. Uh, remember Aaron Judge with the boombox a couple years ago. We've been through this before with this Boston team with Alex Cora. We'll see if that uh, ignites them here moving forward the rest of the way. We'll see how that series goes. I'm going to give you a bonus pick. I think Candace Parker and the Chicago Sky get their WNBA title today, 3 p.m. Eastern, Ooh. ESPN. I think they win that series in game four. All right. We'll see. They dominated the Phoenix Mercury in game three. For anybody who watched that game the other night, dominating. And one of the best basketball booths, men or women, in all of sports uh, uh, television, Ryan Rucco, Rebecca Lobo, Holly Rowe. High-quality play-by-play analysis reporting. Kudos to all of them. And the Holly Rowe is flying all over the place right now between yeah. college football and the WNBA. Luke, thank you, as always, for uh, joining us here on the Sunday Sprint. My pleasure, as always. Enjoy your football weekend. Have a safe drive, and uh, everybody else, enjoy your football Sunday.